Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. enough for your lovely emails. Some of them have been so kind I've nearly blubbed. If you are enjoying these podcasts then know that I'm both glad and grateful. I'm working my pyjamas off on them and they're being a joy to make. Anyway, it's been my goal since the start of this to branch out from just talking to comedians, magical and gloriously open wounds that they are, and talk to some other people with special relationships to food. I mean that basically includes anyone, doesn't it? But I thought best to start with the obvious. A chef! And not just any old chef, one off of the telly and off of real life, John Gregory Smith. His latest book is all about Moroccan cuisine and it's absolutely brilliant. He was kind enough to make me brunch in his beautiful North London flat. So I don't think about comedy all the time, but how often do you think about food? I think about food all the time. I do think about food quite a lot. Yeah. I find... Obviously, just the basic three meals a day and yeah. like chucking a few snacks, standard. Yes, please. Um, and I do that quite, especially when I'm with my family, I'll do that thing where we'll be eating breakfast and talking about lunch. Yeah. Eating lunch, talking about dinner. And that's like, <laughs> that, I just love that. Yeah. I think it's really nice. I mean, you yeah. have like really serious conversations whilst you're sort of like shoveling something down. Like, yeah, but I love yeah. that. But also There's just a thing there, isn't there? Is, that, is the planning of the thing sometimes better than the doing of the thing? Oh, it's just nice. It's lovely to yeah. talk about it. Or like... And because we're all like, everyone in my family is really interested in food and they will, they can cook quite well. Right. So they'll all be kind of like, oh, but if you can, would, are you cooking it? Because actually she does it better. So I think you, like my mum does the best rice, so they don't like me cooking rice. Really? My sister does the best bag bowl, so like yeah. she's better. So we're kind of, 
I like that. It's just fun. Yeah, that's lovely. If you've all got your, uh, it's like a kitchen where you all your yeah. different type. You know your different area. You know where you stand. Yeah. But um, my brain does constantly think of just, just it'll be whirring like, oh, this is quite interesting. Like melon. What could you do with melon? Yeah. So I've got like on my phone. I'm too. I'm way too addicted to my phone. You know, it's got the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally send myself thousands of emails on notes. So exactly it'll be like the same. I'll just think of something, send myself a quick email, and then go. There's an amazing little shop, that, quite a big shop down the end of the road. Right. And I'll just whiz down there, get stuff, and come back and play here. Like an independent supermarket. Yeah, it's Arabic. So basically, oh, wow. this is called simit. Oh, it's bread. It's a Turkish bread. It looks it's like a bagel. Yeah, it's really good, and it's like classic. And you say, We're going to work, getting the ferry over. Yeah. There'd be guys with with them on a they hold them on like a wooden like a broom handle. Oh wow. And they'll just be standing there holding them up. I've seen the image, but I can't tell whether I've seen it in one of your books. Yeah, so they'll be holding (laughs) it up and like they serve it with cream cheese. Oh and it's just I don't have any cream cheese actually now tipple do. But it's really good to dip into these. How funny are you about set eggs? I like them quite runny if do I you? know. Yeah, I, I don't care quite. if they're... Um, I don't care. Oh, but, you know, I'm easy. This looks incredible. Look at that. So, you just, so you've made me a shakshuka yeah, and so you've just taken is... off. <gasps> Look at that. So it's just peppers, red onion. And wow. then um, this, this is basically the... What's the spice mix? It smells amazing. It's got a red red pepper paste, which is this. It's like Mm. it's like a tomato puree, but pepper. Oh wow! And you got that from this um, Arabic supermarket. And it's really smoky, really nice. And And they look like those long, thin peppers rather than normal bell peppers. And then they smell that. Oh my word! Turkish pepper flake or Aleppo pepper. Aleppo pepper. And it's it's smoked certain type of pepper that's got like a bit of heat. But it's smokiness. So this this dish is like very smoky, a lot of depth. Mm. I would normally put meat in it. I would put this in, which is it's quite dirty, but it's like a Turkish garlic sausage oh, okay. called sujuk. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, sujuk. Sujuk. Yeah. But it's S U C K. It's basically like their version of like a slightly weird frankfurter, but it okay. really, it fries up really nicely. Nice, okay, so because it's in. got lots of fat in it, basically. Yeah, yeah, and great. loads of salt. So it's, oh, it's delicious. My favourite. Oh, the best. Right. I love salty things. I mean, that's. Have you got lots of exotic salts in your home, John? Well, like this weird. This is my. <gasps> Can I take a picture of your cup? Yeah, this is the best thing ever. It's got so much MSG and salt in, and it's just—it's just joyous. You just put it on noodles. Okay. Or, uh, oh, I'm gonna get me some of that. It's so good, and it's so salty, and you can kind of go through like that with that with that with that, and just put all different sorts of just glorious salty things together. I don't know whether it's the equivalent. I live in South East London, and we've got lots of. And Which part of South East London? I'm in Ladywell, Where's near that? between Broccoli and Lewisham. Okay. But there's um. There's a chain of food, a chain of supermarkets called Turkish Food Centre. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. It's brilliant. All the things like rose water or orange blossom, everything, e- and every Mediterranean fruit and vegetable. And have you bought their lovely fresh pide breads? Yeah, yeah, the yeah big squares. Oh, really so good. good. So if you also, grill like, do like amazing aubergines. So say like mm. grill some aubergines with tomato sauce, something, but like put it on the bread, serve it on the bread. Okay. So because that that bread is meant to have kebab served on it, I see. and the point being the meat juice sort of soaks into it and you rip it off. But if you cook it with um, 
I've got your spoon and left it here. If you cook it with oh, like a really, you know, just a yummy, smoky, yeah. aubergine thing, it's oh. equally delish. Do you want me to serve or you can do it? Should I do it? Go on, I can do it. Um, okay. Oh my word! I feel so lucky. I'm not a very neat disher upper. Oh, who cares? I always used to get told off by my dad for being really messy when we ate. Mm. Because I wouldn't eat with my hands quite instinctively. Yeah. And it's only only sort of now I can just about get away with it. I'm going to wash my hands Yeah, that supermarket's amazing. They're amazing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're, all the sort of stuff in there is exactly the sort of thing you'd... Um, so oh, you'd just be paying ten times as much for in Waitrose. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's um, one reason I th- will... It, I think that supermarket really specifically, good. if I That's ever so move good. out of London, will be in the top two things I'll miss. This is, is absolutely delicious. I've only ever had... It's so smoky, isn't it's it? It's yummy, it's quite I think rich. you look at it and you expect it to have more um, heat, actually, but it's all about the smokiness. Yes. Well, that's there's like... So, but there's sweetness, too, in those peppers. Mm. Turkish food, really, is... That is... I mean, this is... Who knows where this dish is really from, but, like, really? those ingredients, they, they, that's what they love. They love the taste of fire mm. and, like, mm. coal and smoke. If you go to, like, rural Turkey and you see this little apartment block, so yeah. all have a balcony... And on every balcony, they'll have like a. Everyone will have a little built in barbecue. Right. So they can just, you know, quickly whip up a cheeky aubergine or a kebab. Oh, wow. They, just, they literally just, you know, that to their palate is just. Perfect. Yeah, the way forward. Oh. I love that. Yeah. So you have a book out at the moment called Orange Blossom and Honey. Yeah. Which looks incredible. I haven't cooked from it yet, but I have multiple plans to, especially the Atlas salad and the Her- Herrera soup. Is that how you Harara, Harara, Harara. Yeah. Harara. Harara. And you've got that to do this zaluk. Do you remember mm. I bought in that smoked aubergine mm. paste? That's really yummy. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real good one. Oh, I wanted to ask you about that, actually. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I want to know how you cope with cooking for radio programmes and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> with a book, like, I haven't cooked it yet, but I've read it cover to cover. Mm. And um, you include, like, a really beautiful whole history of Moroccan cuisine, basically. Yeah. And it sounds like to create a book like that that you go on a, quite a massive adventure yeah and meet some proper you characters can say like, and stuff I'm the grin getting bigger just yeah like, <laughs> oh yeah. I but I want to know so what came first first of all what came first like the travelling or the cooking or did they come at the same time in terms of you doing that but also I just want to know about that adventure so I got into this by mistake I launched a range of products into Sainsbury's and I did that sort of in my 20s and then when the recession hit 2008 what? my Sales, products. yeah, they were yeah. quite. They were like sort of premium sources. Mm-hmm. They just died, like they died right, there right, right. really quickly. Yeah. So I left the country and went to see my brother in Hong Kong. Okay. And I was just like, oh, I just don't know what to do. It's all awful. And he was like, Look, have you got a credit card? Have you got some money on it? Yeah, go travelling, but just take a bit of time out. Yeah. So I went away for three months around Southeast Asia, and I am not a very relaxed person. I just, right. I just don't really relax very much right and I get very anxious and I'm not doing something so I thought yeah this is all well and good but I can't I feel like I'm running away from my problem right right so then I thought why don't you write a pretend book so do the research for a book that obviously you're never going to really write but at least it will justify in my head what I'm doing yeah and I was like actually yeah that's quite cool and then that happened that was this one <gasps> so that was my first Spicy one spice although I still don't have a hardback copy um 
And you don't have a hardback copy of your own no. book. Your own first book, John. No. Um, and then anyone who's listening that knows John, <laughs> Christmas looms. Um, and then I did another one, which was um, so it was the same as that one, and it was yeah. like the sort of tricky second album. It just right. it didn't really work that well. It was pretty much exactly the same book, mm-hmm. and I think we I think we all just got a bit excited about that one and thought let's just do another one mm-hmm. and didn't really think about it. So I've kind of now morphed into my sort of area that I love is North Africa, Middle East. So when I did yeah. this one and the other one, so the first one I travelled everywhere, but it was those okay. regions that really sort of stuck with me. Right. Okay. Um, Fascinating. And now, sort of, my plan is to do individual countries because it means I can really get my teeth stuck in. Yeah. So I did exactly. Turkey, then Morocco. And okay. Then, and then the next one, which I'm starting on the ninth of mm-hmm. April, is Lebanon. So I'm going out for. But only 10 days to start with as a record. Wow. And then I'll go back for three weeks in May. That's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing. So will you do all that research in a month? Yeah, so like, what I tend to do is... It, you what? sound quite organised. Like, it sounds you like you to. go from place to place to yeah. place, and in each place you've got someone or some people to exactly. meet who are going to show you what they do. Yeah, and you have to be fairly fluid because... You're relying on people who don't know you's goodwill. Yeah. I didn't speak Arabic, and also in Morocco, I didn't speak French either, yeah. so it was just all slightly disastrous. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I want to know if there's anything that you happened that you couldn't put in that blurb. No, it was more things like, you know, some people would say like they were really good cooks, and you'd mm. go and see them, and they'd just be awful, or they'd try and like cook me something like spaghetti bolognese. And really? Like, oh, that's so nice, but I don't. That's not really what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, thank you for my chips and omelets. Yeah, or they get a bit like uh, I thought you said you wanted to come learn how to cook you know, I'm a good cook, and you're like, yeah, no, you're very, very good, I'm going to go, bye. <laughs> and then other ones that you're not really expecting much from will end up being, like, the greatest thing. For, for example, there's this, I went down to the desert, and there's this really gorgeous little, so it's, um, they've got, the, it's called the Rift Valley. Right, And yeah. um, Draw Valley, sorry, Draw Valley, and it's where all the dates are grown. So it's a date palm valley that goes through the desert in South Morocco. And I went to this tiny village that was on the side of this gorgeous oasis. Yeah. And I went there by accident because a friend of mine who I was staying with in Marrakesh, we just pulled up outside his house at the right time that another friend of his was getting out of a car, asked what I was doing. I said I was writing a book. She said, go and stay in my house in the desert. And the housekeeper is like a Berber woman and her family live in the village. So I ended up going there for about four days and working with this Berber woman who was just, I mean, like off the scale. Like she was A, she was gorgeous. She's like really tiny. She had all the proper tribal tattoos, so they had oh, them on wow. their forehead, all on their hands, oh. like on their mouth. Beautiful clothing, like almost a bit like slightly Peruvian, you know, that yeah. kind of like woven but yeah. very brightly coloured clothing. And she was a gorgeous woman. Didn't speak any, she spoke Berber, so I had a translator. Did she live alone? She lived with her son, right. but I didn't know any of this. So when I turned up, I thought we were just going to kind of, through the power of sign language, get through it. Because <laughs> my driver, who was my translator, didn't speak Berber. Right. So he was like, he was, the whole way there, I kept saying like, you do, you can speak Berber. He was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And then when we got there, he just went, oh, I can't speak Berber. So I was like, no. oh, don't. And then her son come out of the house, come out, that's a bad English, came out of the house, and he was called Muhammad, obviously. Yeah. And he spoke with a cut glass English accent. Right. And he was the local primary school teacher for oh, all the wow. like all the little kids in the villages. So he was a translator. And it, so what I thought was probably just going to be quite a nice few days doing nothing yeah. turned out to be so incredible. Staying in like a mud house in the desert with a Berber. 
learning about Berber food, learning about Berber culture. And actually being able to ask anything you needed to ask yeah. because the son could explain if yeah. she couldn't. It, it was through pointing. really amazing. And also that wow. place is gorgeous. Like, so How you, much of the book ended up being... There's quite a few recipes, but there's also these spreads at the back. So funny, you know you just said about chips. So yeah. one of the dishes she cooked, she said, oh, do you want chicken and chips? And I was like, no, I'm all right, thanks. And her, her son was like, so that, that was the oasis. So oh these are all like slightly God. abandoned villages. <gasps> wow. It was so beautiful. Wow. Really cool. And her son was like, no, it's a really traditional dish. So what they do is they pot roasted chicken and then um, with loads of spices, onions, garlic, and then chicken livers. Yeah. And they kind of melt into the sauce and give okay. it this like amazing umami. Really and then she served it with chips. But the, what she does is she take the chicken out, yeah. reduce the sauce to like a sticky sort of hot mess, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then deep fry the chicken. Oh, it was wow. so naughty and it was so delicious. Oh, and wow. Then so, you pop, so you pop the chicken and then fry it. Pop roast it to get it all like juicy. and Twice cooked chicken. It was so good. I've got, there is a picture somewhere. Yeah. But it was just really weird because I said like I just wouldn't have thought you guys would be eating chips. Oh my word! And he, you know, he said that was like the best chicken and chips. That makes you look like I mean, if you've had that, you can probably never go to Nando's again. <laughs> Um, I'm going to just keep eating just away do it, do it, do the it. whole thing. And then at some point, I've, so I've made a chocolate mousse. That has it looks like vegan. a delicious chocolate mousse. We'll see. So <laughs> do you eat chocolate? chocolate? Yeah. And what's the binding? Um, so co- it's coconut cream. Yeah. Um, there's a whole avocado in there. Yeah. And then there's, I think, probably a bit too much salt. But if you like salt, salt. that might be okay. But I might have overdone that, I think, for a normal mouth. No, I think <laughs> just uh, as long as you sell it as this is a salted chocolate. Yes, mix, exactly. You know, yeah, you yeah. set people and up And there's for some it. pepper, there's some heat in there. And then... Um, God, it sounds like it's got everything. It's got everything in it. that is everything. It was really easy. Um, I've never made a chocolate mousse before, though, let alone a vegan one. Um, Why did you decide to go vegan? Because you, oh, you don't oh, eat Oh, I'm do you? very. I mean, I'm just eating an egg. Apparently, that if you do that, it's called vegan. Vegan, brilliant. Of course, it is. I learned that in Brighton. Um, of course, I did. Um, I just for the environment. I don't have a problem with animals being dead per se yeah. at all. It's only the mass scale of things. So also, I have a massive amount of flexibility in it yeah. in the sense that if it's a huge festivity and I'm in and I feel like it, then I'll eat mm. a meat thing, potentially. Really? Like, I'm not ruling out ever yeah. again. I'm not, I don't, I'm not very good with absolute rules butter. in anything in my life. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'll have had butter and things that my mum's made for me. That it, My yeah. mum makes me lovely vegan things, and then she'll describe <laughs> that. She's so lovely, but she'll be like, oh, I've made you this gorgeous vegan stuff. It's a squash and pomegranate and lovely feta. And you'll go, thank you, thank you. Um, I love yeah. that. Yeah, why not? Oh, you know, it's well, my life's too short. You've got yeah. to eat that stuff. And also, if I'm by the sea, I'm going to have fish. And then the other thing I think this guess is most relevant to you, when I have the opportunity to travel to places, I'm going to eat whatever it is they make. Yeah. Whatever their speciality thing is, I think you've got, if you're going to explore yeah. this world, you want to do it in every possible way. No, so, so it's just in terms of um, a general lifestyle shift. I don't uh, even call myself a vegan because I've learned the bit of fence vegans. If yeah. you're not absolute, you, don't, said, you well, don't get the label. Yeah. 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 Well, that's <laughs> really, vegan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're hitting them in the face <laughs> with a hot piece of KFC, they are livid. They're livid, livid for calling themselves a vegan. Um, a lot of your cooking seems to be sort of Middle Eastern inspired but I guess that's 
just because they're so that's because they're the places that really set your yeah. heart alight on I when you were traveling the whole world yeah. looking at food and I find that part of the world for so many reasons just deeply fascinating like for both good and bad reasons um, yeah why the one thing I love I love what bad the, ones political political yeah. and um, you know I'm a gay journalist and those two things don't really well I was going to ask about that, that well I mean, yeah <laughs> well same for women in, in Morocco actually a lot of my friends say, "Oh, you know what stunning place!" But I, I couldn't go. Yeah. So, like, I'm really so Saudi. Obviously, mm. doing this amazing PR push in the UK to you know United Kingdom, and um, they make it. They change some of the women's rights out there. They can is, drive now. Which is, and it's a funny one because we kind of think like that's so tiny, but for the women involved, it is massive, and you can't yeah. undermine that. Yeah. But they're going to just they're starting introducing tourist visas for the first time. So I've said to a few of my mates, I really want to go out there. I yeah. want to go and see it. I want to kind of see this very hidden, closed place. Yeah. So you've only been able to get there through business or religious holidays. And they're all a bit like, but why would you want to go when, you know, if I if I was living there, born there, yeah. and I came out, they'd throw me off the building. But there is a certain fascination with that part of the world that I just, I just I can't get it out of my head. I think that's fascinating that you're drawn to that it's rather weird, isn't than it? rather than fr- well, no, it probably is frightening. Doesn't mean you can be frightened by something and drawn to it all at the yeah. same time, can't you? But that it doesn't because actually, how do you ever change anything if you say, "Well, I'm not going there then"? Yeah, and because I feel... then they'll never s- really see or understand. I don't know. Yeah, actually, how glorious things can be when we have when you have more exactly tolerant. You know, going being able to go to a place where. Not many people can go and making up your own mind and your mm-hmm. own decisions about the people there, about life, about what's going on. I find that quite like quite liberating that I'm allowed to do that. Oh, absolutely. And, and also when you're going there with doing what you do in terms of yeah, and if you go there and there as a chef, you've got you've got your ulterior motive up exactly. anyway. So your curiosity in terms of the politics or sociology of the place can be Yeah. So the I was subtext. in I went to West well, Palestine last year. Wow. And Whoa. it was amazing. And yeah. like everyone was saying you need to you need to be very careful there. It's a very volatile area, obviously. And yeah. when I was in I was in um Tel Aviv mm-hmm. for like a long weekend and I was with some friends and they were all being trying to be very cool about it, like, oh, you're going to have such a great time next week, aren't you? It'll be going to be really fun. We're really pleased that you're going. And I was like, sort of, because we live here where it's, you know, we're very lucky that we just don't have that kind of innate hatred or strife. I was sort of like, yeah, whatever. But by the end of the weekend, they really freaked me out about it and sort of said, you know, you just got to be really careful. You might get kidnapped, even crossing the borders, really dangerous, all this sort of stuff. And I border crossed, but I fell asleep in the car. And I just woke up and I was like, where are we? And the guy was like, we're nearly at the, the guest house. And I was like, but what about the border crossing? And he was like, oh, there's no one there. So I was just like, that, you know, everyone sort of builds things yeah. up. I, mean, I have to say, going out was a nightmare. Like, it was just, it was everything people had told me about. And it got to the point where I just I had to pull the, I'm a British citizen, on yeah. a British passport, are you sure you want to make, make fuss? Because they, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the Israelis, don't. They want to keep tourists nice and happy, yeah. but to be able to go there and just meet people and talk to them about what you know, what's it like living here? I've only ever read stuff in the paper about yeah. this place, and yes, it was horrendous certain bits, but also certain bits were amazing. And my one of my favourite things was I did the street food tour of Ramallah, like Ramallah. It was what? so wicked. Ramallah has free Wi-Fi everywhere around the city. Just saying, when you walk around, better than London. Please, yes. What? Like just on like. 
the cloud. It's so amazing. good. She's off. And um, so we visited with this guy, and he they drink a lot of tea. Right. So we were eating a lot, drinking a lot of tea, and then sort of we came to a natural conclusion. He said, "Right, we'd like a drink." And I was like, "Do you know what? I'm, I just can't physically drink any more tea." And he was like, "God no, like a proper drink." And I was like, "You naughty what? devil! I didn't think you could drink." And he said to me. What the fuck else do you think we're meant to do? And I was like, you know what? Too right. So we ended up in this wicked speakeasy. Oh, wow. Like above a cafe with playing really weird pop music. I think it was like Arabic pop music. Mm. Like really loud, high pitched. Drinking like a local Arak. And then they were brewing this local like IPA beer, which was so delicious. Craft beer in Palestine. Yeah. So I ended up just chilling there and getting quite pissed for the evening. And like, there was this really (laughs) amazing. Just the last thing expected to be doing. Yeah. And like, amazing kind of dichotomy of Mm. people came in. It's not the right word, dichotomy of people, cross section of people came in. Yeah. Like a couple of tourists, but mainly locals. Mm. And they were just wicked people. Like, it was really special and I get yeah. like was like totally buzzing off that actually it was amazing that's incredible really cool and then went to the Banksy Hotel afterwards okay wicked it did lived up to so its expectations the walled off hotel yes. and it's right <laughs> by the wall uh, right. in Bethlehem and Bethlehem I went there when I was 15 did you so there's a lot of Christian stuff yeah. there uh, mm. I'm not really down with what any of it is. There's loads mm. of churches. I just remember like loads of buses of very sort of pale looking mm-hmm. tourists shuffling around, getting really excited. Yeah. And um, then then there's this amazing hotel right by the wall. Inside is utterly extraordinary. It's wow. he's just he's kind of it's like you walk into this little sort of very dark Dickensian dining room, mm. and the first thing you see sort of on your left is a fireplace, and it's just covered in rubble, and there's like burning coming out of it. Then there's a massive in the middle of the, the restaurant is like a, a big grand piano and, a, and it's self-playing and then oh, above what? it are these angels hanging down but with gas masks on. So everything's like supercharged, yeah. really political, stunning at the same time. Yeah. And then the rooms were gorgeous. Like I did one night and it was just, it was a gorgeous room. But it, you opened the curtains and it literally was like a metre from the wall. So yeah. it was just, and, it's, and he sort of, the strapline is, is the worst view in the world. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And they take you on guided tours around the city to sort of try and understand it. What an amazing thing to have done. It was very cool. And you know what, as well as all of that, the food that I ate there was bonkers. Like, yeah. just so good. If I want to do a book on that. Just on... On that food, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to do a book on Palestine. I'd love to I'd love to use your book on Palestine. I don't know anything about Palestine cooking. It's amazing. Wow. Very old as well, which is... And so, like, yeah. a lot of things have got really lovely stories to it. And yeah. I always think that's sort of quite a nice tickle for a dish. Yeah, totally. You know, like, totally. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. you've got, like, some lovely old lady showing you and they're telling you, like, this is what we cook for a woman who's just given birth. Yeah. Oh, I love the idea that... I mean, how I dealt with having just given birth was carbs... Yeah, delicious carbs carbs and wine yes and that probably wasn't the best for me <laughs> that's I what the old lady told me in Palestine <laughs> <laughs> while, she, while she was cutting up a pizza and pouring some wine that was, that was her trick how did you know mmm in my tongue I want to know whether, um, so were you cooking even as a kid? What happened, where did you grow up? Where are you from? And um, who did the cooking in your house, if not everyone, by the yeah. sounds of it? And um, how young were you interested in this? Was this like a foregone conclusion yeah. that you'd be a food person? So we all, so I've got a really big family. I've got one brother and sister. And then my mum's twin lived around the corner from us and had three kids. My wow. dad's aunt lived around the corner and had three kids. So there were nine cousins. 
we all grew up together, we always hung out together, and it was always about food. My mum and my aunties. That always... sounds quite atypical for an English family. It was so nice. Assuming like, they're English. All English. Yeah. But like, Whereabouts? In West London, so okay. like in Richmond. Great, yeah, and yeah. Um, we hang out, like, so, so tomorrow everyone's going to be there. It's, it's kind of carnage. It's brilliant. brilliant. So that was sort of how I grew up, but it was always around food. But I am very, like, if I'm just like, what's the right word? If I want something, I'll just get it or I'll do it. And so yes. even like a, quite yeah, a young yeah. child, my earliest cooking memories are my cousin Lara, who is endlessly cool, would babysit. Right. And she would put some fish fingers under the grill and then go out and have a sig and <laughs> like use the phone. She does sound bloody cool. She's really cool. And yeah. um, I'd be like, that, but that's not how you cook them. So I'd get on a chair, take them out, put them in a the pan with butter and be like, that's how you cook them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, but like Fried really fish young, fingers like about eight. Yeah. Yeah. Already fussy. Really fussy and really particular. And, and then... Who made the... you like that? Or did you just make yourself like I that? that's a natural. Really? Yeah, being precocious. <laughs> just naturally precocious. Naturally, yeah. Because I feel like... So I was brought up on... I mean, my dad did lots of cooking in my house, perhaps stra- strangely, but my, um, but it was quite kind of both parents working full time. There, were, there was home cooked stuff, but also it just wasn't fussy. Whereas the place that my parents were at by the time I had my siblings, who were halves. Yeah. Um, I remember when my, you just reminded me of when my sister Hattie was about nine and she said, this is nice, Mum, but I wish you'd bother to roast the peppers. Amazing. Because <laughs> she was just like you. That's Do you know what I like, mean? Whereas yeah. I was like, I remember looking at her and going, oh, what if you're creative? Well, Do you yeah. start doing quite well for yourself, Mum? And oh, this is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, you know, she's 18 now and um, she's just a real foodie. She yeah. just loves cooking and food. And, yeah. So and actually you, that can set in really early. Yeah, and you just... You just sort of know it, like it's instinctive, yeah. like yeah. like that. The peppers should have been roasted because they yeah. have the right texture, they have the better mm-hmm. taste. They go with this. Yeah. It's just really fucking annoying. So I keep saying it's just. Really, I just swear it's a podcast. It's, podcast. Kind of it's just really yeah. annoying if you're a mum and you've toiled away making lunch and mm. you're like <laughs> petulant child, like wow, the peppers been did. Yeah, <laughs> is what yeah. you want to do. Yeah? <laughs> Make your own fucking. Yeah, lunch. next yeah, time exactly. exactly. So we had yeah. My mum was very funny actually because they we eat a lot of chicken. Obviously, like everyone does. But I remember being like, I'm not eating chicken again at a really young age. And just really? like my granny once said to me, like, right, John, if you don't eat your, you know, the people starving all around the world and you should sit down and eat your food. And I, I was really young. My granny, I can't remember how old I was going to die, but I was like, give it to them then. I'm not eating anything. And just really like, I wanted variety. I wanted yeah. curries and interesting oh, things. Wow. Yeah. Even as a really little kid, really well, you're really into spice, basically, yeah. really young. And, and we used to big dri- flavours. Yeah, my parents used to drive me to the Chinese supermarket, which back then, that was the only place you could really get like exotic stuff. Supermarkets were really basic back then. Yeah. Like, I remember when hummus came out in M&S and it was like this, a revelation. Yeah. I remember taco shells. I had no concept of hummus until I moved to London for uni. Yeah. I grew up in the Dorset. And- do you remember when taco shells came out? Oh, crispy taco I literally was like... That was one of my favourite dinners. I'd yeah. forgotten about that. And, you were like, I, and you'd build your own, yeah. just do like a mince. Like the Mexicans did. <laughs> Building your own taco shell. And it was like, with mince and it's like... a giant a bit of salt. Yeah. You could put some mince and some yes. iceberg and, lettuce. And lettuce and cheese. But I remember thinking like, this is so exotic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. And then like now, if you just, you know, showed that to me, I'd be like, oh my God, you know, tacos really? are only made out of organic corn flour. Yeah. Really? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but back but then, like, all that kind of stuff was so yeah. exciting and fresh. And then we'd go to lo- like the local Chinese shop and I'd make things. Like, I, I used to love making proper chicken black bean, mm. making the sauce, making everything, but really young. Yeah. But I like, loved it all. That's amazing. Yeah. So you never considered any other career? 
I did, well, I, I did have another career. Um, so I was never very good at school. Um, school for me was several years of annoyance, basically, where all I wanted to do was play guitar and smoke fags. Nice. And <laughs> no one would let me. It was so annoying. I blame this cool cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was, yeah. She I, like, idolised her. Like, yeah. I can't wait to smoke. <laughs> so great. Lovely. Look at her. Um, and then I, I went to, um, did obviously went on a gap yard and had a great time. And then went to... <laughs> study the very important classical studies degree at Manchester. Oh, wow. Where you learn about pots and uh, columns. And, and ancient languages and stuff. No, you don't do the languages. Don't you? So the classics is where you do the languages. Right. Classical studies is where it's all translated for you. And you basically just read poetry, mythology. Right. It, it's, uh, you know, it's not going to get you much when you come out of uni. Oh, which is I mean, what it's I not found. a vocational degree, no. John, no. I, I genuinely thought... <laughs> yeah, I think it sounds quite fascinating, it was quite fun, but it was I don't also, know whether I'd have been interested in it at 19. It was six hours a week, so you know, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty low rent, to be honest. Like, it, really yeah, worth that day. It was, you know... And back then it was great because it was all, like, subsidised. So, right. I mean, right. now you just wouldn't pay to do that because it's just, like, what a waste yeah. of your time. But I remember I skipped out, managed to get a 2-1, don't know how, and... Um, Went to job interviews and I was like, but I got I got two one from Manchester and they say, well, what in classical studies? And the reaction was like, you like oh, amazing, like so you can speak Greek. No, it's the one where you don't learn. And they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you. Exactly so what I, I said. Everyone yeah. made the same mistake I did and yeah. assumed that actually you're fluent in Latin. Yeah, and you're like, God. Oh. So then I did um, recruitment. So I got right. a job in sales for a few oh, years. Oh, I'm so sorry. Where you know, in eight thirty on the phone, can I sell you an accountant? Um, I was actually really good at it for about a year and then decided that this was not for me. Yeah. And um, I got a job at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. Wow. It was at Royal Hospital Road. Oh, so wow. okay. But it was very... So my sister was in... There was it used to be a bar called Mint Bar, which was on the side of... like It was on Sloan Street and it was like one of the kind of it bars in the naughty. So, you know, nice. if you went in, you might see like a Gallagher staggering around Ooh. and like an All Saint yeah, or something. Yeah. And he was, he was in there. I lived to make Do you know what I mean? So I know exactly One day what in Carhartt trousers. No, Maharishis they would have worn. <laughs> and um, so she was in there, saw him and um, was hammered and just went up to him and went, my brother's a really good chef and can you give him a job? And he went, yeah, right. And uh, I'm sure there was other dialogue. So he gave me a number to fax. It was that long ago. This so, is amazing. Yeah, so I faxed the fax number and then got a fax reply going, great, he's, he's let us know, call up the number, speak to the guys in the kitchen, we'll get it arranged for you. So I went and did a week. And like an, a, a sort of internship, audition, exactly. trial. And whilst it was amazing, it really was amazing to see, to go from like someone who's only ever done home cooking, mm. never worked in a kitchen before, to see how they're doing it at that end. I mean, yeah. it's very full on. It's a quiet... There's no music. It's um, it's really intense. Like I remember picking crab, and so there was someone else who would who would physically pick the crab. Then they'd put it in a box and give it to me. And my job was checking there was no shell in it. And you were meant to take out like a small portion like that, put it on on the bench, and then just go. You just rub it. Just rub it. Oh, it was so boring. So like one box hours. Yeah. Like and you know what? Was there ever any shell in it? No, and it was like never ending. So and then. Having to get dirt off mushrooms, but with like a tiny paintbrush, so this is and you only allowed to go down, factory work, yeah, like this. And you know, so I'd be like, duh, 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 and they'd be like, "What are you doing? No, you can only yeah. only dip down, so you don't break it." And you, and you know, you're thinking like, "Do you know what? This just is not for me." Yeah. So that's how I launched. I food. don't think I could bear that. No. So I launched a food brand instead. Okay. Um, and that that sort of got that's what got me fully into Brilliant. the food world. Yeah. 
So, yeah, recruitment definitely wasn't my career no, of choice. No, obviously didn't work not. This, and this and, is, and nor was working in that kind of kitchen. No, and it's funny now because now I love working in kitchens. Yeah. And, you know, I don't do it full-time and I wouldn't do it full-time. It's, it's still bloody hard work and it's quite thankless. But it's part of brief projects or events yeah. and stuff like that and I'm okay, quite my energy so I quite like that when it's a short sharp burst where you just go in and you're like Rah! it seems so lovely though that my perception of um, chefs that work certainly lead kitchens like that that they have to be quite don't touch me call me wee chef <laughs> and I just can't like imagine you being so lovely I know I did well. some I did pointing I just did some really aggressive <laughs> pointing like dancing <laughs> And that's just also my dancing but yeah uh, no, yeah. what's he talking about I'm a direct dad um, but like do you have to be a bit of an asshole in those situations or are you working in situations where you can be no not really side? like an asshole but I'm very like when it when it comes to work you don't fuck with me yeah. and I make that very kind of clear from the beginning in quite a nice way but I'm I'm really very organised I've got a really weird brain it's, it's incredibly organised just arranging speaking to you was a joy <laughs> but it was like you know I am similar in that I think if you're going to be very productive in your life you yep. also need to have your shit together yep. and you'd be like okay yes we'll do this what about this what about this this is the details Easy. okay see you in a minute yeah <laughs> And then you Easy. get loads done. Yeah, and that's really what it is. You've just got to pull everyone together. Right. If someone's messing up... The thing is, there's no point being an arsehole. It just doesn't work. No. Sometimes, I mean... Oh, it does for some people. I did hiss. It? The last <gasps> event I did, I hissed at someone. You hissed? Like, properly, like... Like a cat. Fuck over here to the front of house guy. Because he just wasn't doing his job. And we had, like, a full room of service. And I could just see things like empty plates on the table... People who'd finished their bottle of wine, it hadn't been cleared, and they hadn't. Yeah. And so I literally just was like hissed in fury. Get the fuck over here! This and has I'm made like, my day. Yeah, literally. And I did this, sort of like, this is not good enough. You, you pointed at the floor. pointed at the floor in rage, and th- I did apologise to him later because I was quite full on. But I kind of meant it, like, oh. do sort your shit out. Like, yeah. people are paying to eat a meal, yeah. my meal. Yeah, and I can't do your bit so do it right and so you have to kind of be a little bit like that but you, what you hope is that you do it in a really nice positive way that, where people enjoy it and they want to do it for yeah. you because I think okay. if you're like not particularly pleasant I know what I'd be like I'd be like well do you know what I'm going to do it wrong on purpose just to annoy you <laughs> <laughs> say scrum diddly umptious no. and then you can be in my podcast scrum diddly umptious but also, you said earlier that you're not very good at relaxing, but I think you must be good at dealing with high levels of stress. Just So we met doing a radio show, Gabby Roslin's radio show. She's yeah. so nice. She's gorgeous. But um, I, And I, I've not met you before, but um, I was actually in awe just from an, not only just the talent and creativity of the stuff that you cooked was so delicious, but that you were so chilled about having actually to knock things up in a no offence to BBC London, pretty kind of, you know, it, it, well, to a radio playing. studio yeah. that's not designed for someone, for a chef to come and cook in. Like you, oh, babe, in my head, that. I did it all here. Oh, so you did it all here and you just had to reheat things. So I t- yeah, I took everything in. So again, just a case of being really organised. Yeah. So you, be... you have your main pot, you have your garnish pot and right. you have your herb pot. Okay, so it's having your dish. maison plat. Yeah, exactly. It, I like you know that. And is it a case of, but to me, there must also be a modicum of, being a bit chilled about how perfect things are. I mean, you can't, surely you can't, if you're doing that kind of press type stuff yeah. all the time, cooking in places that aren't designed to be cooked in, yeah. or reheating in places that yeah, aren't yeah. designed to be cooked in, you just, do you, is it okay that you can't serve it like you would if you were at home or in yeah. your restaurant? Or Definitely. And 
it's weirdly like garnishing. Mm. I think if you just take a few not like nice bit of herbs, some seeds, pomegranates are always such a win. Yeah. You know, that can sort of make something that you know, it's probably sat out a bit and not looking at its best, suddenly yeah. kind of shine Sweet. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so little tricks, little, little clever tricks. Trick. Olive oil as fresh, well. Yummy fresh olive herbs, oil. Fresh nice herbs, crispy fruit. Yeah. That's just clever. Because just, just you eat with your eyes. So if mm-hmm. you put a plate of brown food in front of someone, brown food's always the best. It's sat out, you just look at it a bit like, oof. Brown then, food like a lamb curry or yeah. something like that, yeah. And then, but then you suddenly put like coconut shavings, pomegranate seeds and coriander on top. Talking of which, should we get a chocolate mousse out, which is brown, and put a pink raspberry and some green mint on So you knew all these tricks already? <laughs> no, I, it was on the recipe. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I'm so, really intrigued by So, it. yeah, this is a vegan chocolate mousse. I, I've n- I obviously haven't been able to try it, because I only made enough to... It's going straight in. I'm going to put some raspberry on there because I think it might need that sharpness I think it might be a bit rich and I don't know he's not convinced oh god is it gross no it's um <laughs> it can be disgusting it's, um... is it absolutely rank it's just it's... Oh, I'm not a fan of avocado oh are avocado-y. you oh is it oh I thought you because the whole point of it is that you're not I just ripped that up which no I like that no, I've no, ripped that really cool. on there um, that looks I, really cool I thought um, <coughs> I thought the texture's lovely. The thing... Oh, is it? Thanks for finding something to compliment. The texture's really <laughs> absolute charm. The glass is so great. <laughs> the glass is absolutely IKEA's finest. Yeah. No, it's got a really nice um, texture. It's nice and sweet. It's I'm just, very good at I not caring when I cook for people and it's um, I think, not... It doesn't go great. I'm I really think, good at it because I think it drives me to take more risks. No, I like, I'm going to have it with raspberry. In I'm interested in what your thoughts are. Do you like avocado? Mm-hmm. But so not in a sweet thing. No, but I think if you like avocado, you won't notice the flavour. I can't taste avocado. Yeah, so you'll probably just say some, like, chocolate. chewy, yummy chocolate mousse. I just got a little hint of avocado. Really? Yeah. Oh! No, it's good. Um, but I'm you quite... don't want avocado with chocolate, really. My fear about it being too salty is... Do you know what? I just no, think... it's not too salty. I just think it's a bit much... It's just a bit much, all that... Oh, and there's like a little hum of chilli. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the mm. best thing about it. It's... I'll be honest, it's, I'm not really a pudding person... As a rule, like I'd always pick a starter over a pud. Yeah. It's just too creamy for me. Even though it's vegan, it's too. Maybe that's the avocado, I don't know. It just feels Are you into that, like avocado on toast thing, the mushy thing? Only if it's got tons of citrus and chilli in it. Yeah. But yeah, I love avocados in a savoury context. So you're not that big into them? No, I think they're really weird. Really? Mm. How funny! I think they're like. I've always thought they were a really odd thing to eat because it's like. I love butter. I'm just I gonna eat the last bit. I literally love. Butter. I think right. it's just the most how funny because to me they're the same it's the it's, same yeah. thing when it's too much it's, I, it's like it's, weird butter yeah uh, so and I, when you don't eat dairy for a while and you have a bit of butter it like it coats your mouth and oh really it's not like, in a good way yeah oh. and I feel like that's actually doing that a bit it's just the fat it must be fat it must yeah. be all the coconut maybe it's the coconut cream yeah I, I find them a very odd, odd but they're, they're a fruit aren't they yeah they're yeah. really slightly weird and it, also it's quite weird that the whole world's gone bonkers mm. about them yeah. Well, the, when I've seen it. people with tattoos, John. Oh God, yeah. that that worries me. Their parents I mean, need to help them. I feel like for for my generation, I'm 34. Our shame is a Chinese symbol upon our Branded. hip, upon yeah. our, our lower hip, or in here. our sort of pant line. If you were like a lad, you might get them there. Yeah, you might get what? Well, yeah, one on your arm, or just like just above your pubes, basically. Yeah. If you're a girl, <laughs> and the shame for millennials will be the it yeah, will I be mean, the, like, the cut open. Avocado tattoo, yeah, won't it? it's deeply uncool, and it's sort of. So I mean, the Chinese symbol. I remember when that 
Okay, I actually really wanted one. I'm so <laughs> glad. No, I'm, like, if, any, if anything's quite cool, I'll just be like, yeah, whatever, I'll just copy. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> like, you know at school when teachers would be like, if someone walked off a cliff, would you do it? And you're like, uh, if they were really cool, yes. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> and with that, like, you know what I mean? Like, shameless. Just lovely self-awareness. Yeah, just shameless. And, um, I'm, I'm, but I'm very, very glad I didn't get one, though. I have yeah. got a tramp stamp here. Mm-hmm. Which is horrendous. It's more of your back. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't really. Tramp stamp. It's... That's exactly what they're yeah. called, isn't it? It's when awful. around there. But you can't, I can't really ever see it. I can only see it if it's in the mirror. And I don't really often put my ass in the mirror like that. <laughs> and it's it's like a sort of grey smudge that at the time I thought was like really, you know, really said things. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You've got one quite more a cool little thing there that I noticed. Or is that biro? Just a little note for later to oh, pick, I thought it was like pick a cool up some milk tat. on the way home for my son. No. <laughs> I mean, that would be quite the mm. tap, wouldn't it? Always in the market for milk and eggs. milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really frowned upon by yeah. the vegan community. <laughs> Do you know what I think with this chocolate mousse? If you love chocolate mousse and if you love avocado, it's a great recipe. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with it in also, terms of structure. Um, might let it relax a bit out of the fridge. Yeah. Oh, Just really? the chocolate wool. Um, the flavour of chocolate when it's cold diminishes. Okay. When it's warmer, you take you taste it more. Oh. So maybe give it like a few minutes, and it will just taste stronger. Mmm, delicious. So have you always had a really good relationship with eating? Yeah, always. Yeah. Like because we were, we were always brought up. So we when when I was younger, my mum cooked. You know meals yeah. we didn't we would eat normal stuff so you know we'd eat normal meals that she cooked we'd eat ready meals every now and then I did yeah. used to love the M&S tagliatelle with mushrooms and cream sauce winner mm. um, we always just ate normal food and I've always just adored food and my I, ready meal shame has always been the spinach and ricotta cannelloni oh yeah so Anything. like and I just feel like food is there to be enjoyed and I know some people have a really awkward relationship with it but it, ultimately at the very base level it's a fuel so yeah. you need to kind of get your head around that. But it can be a real pleasure. Yeah. And when you're eating really wonderful food, it makes you feel really wonderful. Yeah. So I'm, I know, I'm very lucky that I've always had a really positive relationship with food. And I yeah. love eating. And with moderation then, I suppose, in the sense that, are you just good at knowing, if you're full, you just stop? So, oh, so I'm, because I'm a complete control freak, yeah. I will, if I go out to eat in a restaurant, yeah. I eat what I want. Lovely. If I'm at home, yeah. I'm very controlled about portion sizes oh. and eating lots of vegetables at right. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you know, if I go out, I'm like, I want burger chips and mayonnaise. I don't sure. want anything green. I yeah, yeah, have a yeah, couple yeah. of lagers. That's got some sort of fruit in it. Sure. And But whereas here, I'd be like, no, just really nice, healthy, simple food. Right. And, and con- portion control. Portion control. Not I'm always in much. I'm always in all. So, I mean, if I'm, like, if I'm hungover yeah. and I eat pasta, well, my favourite thing is pasta. I just right. literally love it. It makes me so happy. Mm. Pasta with cheese and butter. Oh. Best thing. Um, I'll eat, you know, like one of those bags of tortellini that's like 300 gram yes. bags. I can easily that, smash that. Do that easy. Yeah. That's sort of like, you can't do, you can't eat that every day. Right. And I think that's yeah, what I sort yeah, of would yeah, say yeah, to yeah. myself. You want to eat it, eat it, yeah. love every mouthful, but you yeah. can't eat that every day. Fine. Are you a fitness person? I am. Yeah. I love like cycling and weights. Cycling and yeah. mm, Me too. Yeah. Not cycling, but the weights. Just got into that. Just it's really good. Trainer oh, it's person, so good. Life. It's thrilling. It's really I mean, amazing. I'm still in a very much the novelty phase yeah. of it. I'm like a month in. But, but I love it. The endorphins you get off it, yeah. that's something wanky. Like, but no, it's, it's not totally wanky. true. I, I, I went through, I, spent, I think I spent my teens my 20s kind of having a terrible relationship with exercise because I thought it's something you do to change your aesthetic. Mm. 
And so I would not enjoy it. Occasionally mm. I'd enjoy swimming if I swam for long enough that I went into a kind of trancey. Yeah, yeah. But I can't, I never, I still don't like running, but everything else. Mm. And then suddenly something clicked in my late 20s where I, may probably, probably actually even 30s, where I just thought, this is doing way more for my mental health than anything else I've ever 100%. done in my life. 100%. Ever, ever, yeah. ever. I think it's real because you get loads of blood going around your brain. Yeah. I think you can think about what you're just what you're doing and your, your body needs to needs a run around yeah and it, you do feel wicked if you well, just have a bit it, of exercise it's a bit like it's a bit like actually the more you the more you do it the more you want to do it it's the same actually with it, with overeating sometimes the yeah. more you're doing it the more you want to, you want to do it and the more the more you enjoy control and are, are in a patch of being in control with eating stuff with people me included who have a more variable relationship with it the more you do that, you know, it's um, habits fuel habits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I couldn't agree more with all the exercise stuff. It's funny, isn't it? Because you do, you suddenly reach a point where you are, like you just said, where you're not, you're not doing it because you think like, I want to look like the people in the magazines. Yeah, yeah, you're doing yeah. it because actually afterwards you feel really great. Yeah. Just your endorphins are going, your brain feels like it's awake. It's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. good. Um, and and that can be, of... but that can be anything. Like even just going for a really nice long walk oh, and just having a really good think. Being on your own, especially after on. a massive meal, actually. Yeah. If you had like, a big really family feast, yeah, or exactly, or swim in the sea for me. And yeah. Oh, nice. If I can get in the sea after a hangover, that's like half yeah. the oh, job phew. done. Yeah. And then, and then something really and sultry, probably, please. Yeah. Yes, a dog get, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. A bloody Mary, bloody Mary, in a dip in the sea. I want to know, as a chef, do you ever eat anything? Absolutely. Do you never just think I'm just going to have a super noodle? Do you secretly like McDonald's? No, I've not had a McDonald's since I was 21. <gasps> 20, no, 20. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. So I've not had wow. McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, any of that since I was that age. I feel like I sort of annually need to keep my hand in. Really? Yeah. Oh, I just, like, I love a burger, <laughs> but I would go to, like, Patty and Bun and get, like... Get a, posh know, like, one. Burger, yeah. But for my kind of things that I eat when I'm... Like, I love a double dinner. So if I go out for dinner, get really hammered, yeah. I love going to Chinatown. And nice. I'll be one of those horrid junk people who, like, have noodles and dumplings and beef. Yes. I like that. And then pasta, just pasta with cheese and butter. I mean, yes. it's, yeah. it's... That's as grotty as you get. Yeah, I, I love it's it. It's still really nice. Yeah. It's just not the most balanced vegetable-laden meal. No, it's white um, food. Yeah, yeah, beige. Yummy. Lovely beige dinner. Delicious dinner. You've got to have a beige dinner sometimes. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever been cooking with someone and really badly fucked it up? Yes, at a cookery school. <gasps> at least. <laughs> so I, it, I was really young. It was when my first book came out, and I was like twenty eight, doing a cookery school, never done one before, totally winging it. And so you have all the students there, and they're like, they're just everyone's just you know they're all just lovely, and they paid a fortune to be yeah. there. And we were cooking different dishes, and one of the dishes was this really delicious prawn curry. Um, mm where you make, it's from South India, and you make this like kind of coconut sauce, bung your prawns in, delicious. And it was the last dish we were making, and it, it, the, the class had, been, had gone really well, and I was sort of starting to get my groove on and really relax. And I thought, it smells really weird, smell, like really sweet. And I thought, oh, it's fine, it must just, you know, just probably just on adrenaline right now. And so everyone kind of finished their dishes, and, and people were tasting it going like, like looking a bit weirdly. And yeah. so they all, all the students kind of go to the library room for a coffee while we get the room ready for lunch basically yeah. so I, was, I tried this sauce and was like fucking hell it's disgusting oh, it tasted like jam the like really gross jam oh. 
And basically, unfortunately, the guys had ordered the wrong coconut. So they'd ordered like a sweet coconut milk. Right. It was so disgusting. So we were like, I was like, oh my God, my colour just like drained from my face. And I remember saying to like the woman who ran it, like, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so she was like, look, I think all you can do is go and tell them that it tasted a bit funky because (laughs) we ordered the wrong thing. And we're going to just, we'll just quickly whip up a batch yeah. and do it. But it was just, and it was fine in the end, but it was just that horrid, crushing, sinking feeling. That prickling, that like they, prickling feeling yeah. up the front of your forehead. And also because some of them have said, oh, this tastes really weird. And I was like, no, it's delicious. This is exactly what they eat in India. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, God. Like, it was absolutely rank. Oh, please. And um, Professional obligations aside, five second rule, yes or no? Yeah, definitely. Good. But good, I'm just glad. Wash, it's just nice to hear a something. food professional say that. Yeah. Oh, you would give it a rinse? Well, it depends what it is. Like, if you drop something in, like, some mud, probably consider rinsing it. But if I just drop something here... Yeah, yum, yum, yum. Mm, delicious. It might pick up a bit of salt on the floor as well. The weirdest thing you ever ate? Um, God, I've eaten, like, wiggly live scorpions on sticks in Beijing, <gasps> which were disgusting. Yeah. I only managed one bite, and then I was like, I just can't do it. Too crunch, too... They're just sticky. too alive. Oh, God, did it move in your mouth? No, because you sort of bite the side. Uh, it's just, it was, but they're like, they're like wiggling oh, on the sticks. Oh god! Oh god! It's so gross. Well, there's like, an like a there's a there's a theory that in the future, when you know, very far, hopefully in the future, where we're we looking for new sources for protein, mm. that locusts and yeah, well, that's all we'll be like eating. Will be, will be old insects. Don't worry, you're vegan, so you'll be all right. Well, I'll be dead. <laughs> so there, Lucas. Can't get me. I'll be in a corner with my can of kidney beans crying. Um, have you ever hidden a food stuff from someone? From myself, yes. Really? Yes. For, for portion control? Just too much chocolate. If I, really? I can't have chocolate. Is chocolate house. your thing that you'd have to be like, you're so, getting one... No, getting two lines. No, so I was going to say, I bet you're going to say that. You know, some people are like, oh, I, you know, I have for a treat, I have one square of seventy percent dark chocolate before I go to bed. That's that. I have a whole bar of green and black. Smash right. it back. Yeah, in one. Just plain. Oh no, I like the almond one mm. and the sea salt one. They're so sea good. Salt. It's so good. So, but uh, um, if they're on offer, I will buy two and. <laughs> Then they'll be in the cupboard there, and then I'll get really anxious because I eat the first one really quickly, and then I'm like, I can so do the other one. So I'll get really anxious. I go and give it to the neighbours downstairs. Fine. Oh wow! Yeah. So you actually put it out of your home? Get it out. Get it away. Get from it out you. of my home. Yeah. Because then I can relax, knowing that there's I not this brilliant chocolate of joy in the cupboard. I've never asked anyone this before, so feel free go to go. I'll oh, fuck off. But um, <laughs> I just thought of it. If there was nothing else left in the world to eat, <laughs> would you eat a person? <laughs> oh fuck off. <laughs> Um, well, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah, really. But like, yeah, let's let's not like. I don't want to see any quotes saying <laughs> he's oh, a cannibal. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? It's okay. a Daily Mail twist on. Yeah, I, I mean, not to. Thanks for the optimism that enough people listen to my podcasts <laughs> that tabloid might pick up. Yeah. On it. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I'd hope not to. We'd all we'd all hope. We all hope not to. But you know, desperate times, you? desperate measures. I'm gonna. I think She's in vegan, theory, though. I'm not real vegan. I'm not a real vegan. Um, but I can't. I genuinely can't envisage a situation of desperation where I would. But yesterday, I left Did it. You? No, <laughs> yesterday I ate my nan. <laughs> Delicious. A little bit there. Bit of weird. There's the headline. Yeah. Job. I've been gazumped. Um, <laughs> yeah. Take that out of context. 
when I'm really, really starving, when I leave it too long, so, so what I try and do to not overeat is to eat something small every couple of hours. Yeah. And, uh, oh, three walnuts. Yeah. Delicious. Exactly. Well, whatever. Right. Yeah, a handful. Um, but I, um, I, uh, I left it too long because I was very busy. Yeah. And so on my way home from a job, I was starving yeah. to the point where everywhere I passed where anything was cooking, I was like, oh. Must and my eat. mouth, yeah. you know, it's involuntary. My mouth is bursting with water. Yeah, yeah. And I walked past a Greg's, <laughs> which basically smells of sweat, just of yeah. sweat, really. Doesn't it? Yeah. Hot meat Did sweat. you have a pasty? No, I didn't, but my mouth was crying. Because I'd made food okay. at home that was waiting for me. Yeah. So I thought, I just need to get home and... In tr- yeah, try and try not to throw that in. in I my hate face. that when you're so you're sort of shaking, like got to eat. Oh, Do you get, you get that fizzy. Yeah, I'll get hangry. I get really bad hangry. Um, I when it, when you start to feel that acid bubbling up your tummy, you're like, I've left it too long. Um, but then what I do is then not enjoy the food because you're just throwing it. It's so yeah. long. But um, in that situation, when I sniffed that Greg's, that's when I thought of this question because I thought, oh, if I was so hungry that I was putting it out of my mind what it was. And it was just the smell of something cooking. It's quite different between Greg's and a human, though. (laughs) Is there? I've got one last question. Go on, hit me. Um, So basically, this is my version of a um, of like a Last Supper, but I want the context to be much, much happier. Yeah. So I write everyone an individual ridiculous scenario in order to ask you the question of what your ideal dream meal would be. Oh, God. So, wait to hear my scenario. A really heavy crater has landed in front of the doors of the world's best hospital, and you get to it first. You have to try and roll that crater away and fast because all the other people there are the pathetic invalids who are the ones that need to get in the hospital. You manage to roll it away, but only through an insane amount of physical graft. There's pushing, kicking, heaving, nudging, heafing, and essentially maximum trying. But you do it! You roll it away, but you're dusty, sweaty, and properly wazzocked. So tired. (laughs) You're a hero, but you're starving, and your reward is the hypothetical feast of your dreams. Okay. You go wherever you want, with whoever you want, fictional or dead if you like. And eat whatever you want. Where are you going? Who with? And what you have? I'd go with my family to Din Tai Fung in Hong Kong. This is that was cool. <laughs> Just already like that is my favourite place. Your whole family, all yeah, the extended, all, all the cousins, all their kids. We all blah. go, and you go to Din Tai Fung. Cool Lyra, would she be there? She'd be there, yeah. Cool. And um, Din Tai Fung. Din Tai Fung. I'm going to look this up and put a link to it. It's amazing. What so is it? A restaurant. It's a restaurant that serves. Uh, they're famous for Shao Long Bao, which <gasps> is the soup dumplings Ooh. and pork. But maybe you can. Yeah. But if you're in a country, you'll overlook. Yes, that. I will. I'll try. So I'd love try to try it. this. So it's an amazing. They look like little dumplings like that yeah. with a pork ball in and this lovely chicken broth, uh-huh. and it's delicious. Oh, and then they yummy. do all other like amazing dim sum. But it's mm. just it's the best in the world. It's so good, <gasps> and that is where I'd go. So my brother lived in Hong Kong for ten years. So I like that was one of my wow. favourite things was going out to see him to go to. See, working food things as well. No, he no. works in. He's a headhunter. I just literally love it. it even it makes me so happy thinking about it. Really? It's just so delicious. And loads of chilli and soy and oh. vinegar. And salt. Salt. And would salt. you have, um, what would you have to drink? What sort of drinks do you have? That's the only letdown. They don't really? serve booze in there. Oh, I think right. you, oh, you can get a beer. That's okay. it. Whereas I'd always have wine over a beer. I quite like that Sing Tao beer. Yeah, it's lovely. Actually, it's really crisp, isn't it? Yeah, Light, it's really good. Weak and I like the light. Like yeah, that. I'd rather have a rosé. Would you? You're a rosé guy. What's your favourite rosé? You, so this is hypothetical. Oh, Whispering Angel. Whispering the, Angel. The wankest of all the roses. Is it? Yeah. 
Because it's, this is hypothetical, so oh, you can so have I, your dream drink yeah, in this so drink. Yes, so I'm in. I'm drinking... Whispering Angel. Whispering Angel, Angel overpriced. Is it vintage? Oh, I'm not that... You're not that into not, it? No, as in like any would do. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> any would do. I'll and have your I'll, house, Whispering yeah. Angel. And then after, you know, after two bottles, you just move to Blue Nun or something, you won't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> that would oh, be it. Oh, amazing. Eat just Heaven. loads of noodles, loads of dumplings, loads of... They do the best egg fried rice. Yeah. It's like comes out in a sort of crisp dome. It's so good. Oh. All a bit shiny and waxy. Wow. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah that's, that would be it. Just chuck back loads of booze. Oh. Perfect. How fun was that? In the most exciting news, apparently, Ding Tai Fung is opening its first ever London branch this summer. First one in the UK. See you there, please. Huge thanks to the lovely John Gregory Smith for who me. What a magnificent boy. I've since made the Atlas salad from his new book, Orange Blossom and Honey, and it was off the chart. I'll have links to all of his stuff in the podcast notes. And I can't recommend that book enough if you're even faintly curious about Moroccan grub. It's so obviously put together with so much care and love. He's mighty on Insta and he's on there at John GS and on Twitter he's better known as at Mighty Spice. I'm Jessica Vostokey. I'm touring a show right now of The Silence of the Nans. Lots of it's selling out, which is a bit bloody lovely. There are tickets left, I believe, in Liverpool, Barnsley and Manchester and maybe a handful of them left in Sheffield. But they're all in the next six weeks, so better wriggle on. Details are on at Jessica Vostokey. Follow us on all social media. It's at The Hoovering Pod. If you're keen to tell me things, you can email me through my website too jessicafosterq.com Music by the wonderful Mike Greenway Until next time, happy hoovering Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news, ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.